0: Okay,
1: Coach. I'm gonna let you introduce yourself. Then I'll do me, and then we'll we'll do we.
0: I'm start with, okay, I'm gonna start with the growl. <laughs> <laughs> okay, this is Greg McNeil. Um, if you're uh, new to this podcast, you might hear me call Coach a lot. Um, that certainly is my background, you know. But ultimately, I am an individual who. Um, like Sherry Wilson, we'd like to serve you at the highest level, Mm -hmm. right? And um, we'll talk more about what I do in the future, but this is what I do right now and forevermore.
1: Yeah. Well, and I'm uh, Sherry Wilson, owner of Genius Communications, still waiting on the IRS, by the way, Coach, so I could be Genius (laughs) Owl. But anyway, uh, and I'm a business consultant, I'm a mentor, and then also a social media content manager and creator. And... I am synergistically ready to go with Coach Greg. I don't know if you'll ever be able to lose the coach part in front of your name.
0: You know, I don't think so either because ultimately I think that's where I come from. I mean, no matter, you know, one of the big things about me is I could could talk about all of the different things that I do. But ultimately, no matter what the skill or talent is, it still comes through the process of coaching. Yes. Because the individual is their own expert. And what mm. I like to do is help them to navigate areas where they may get stuck, but leave them in the role of their own expert. And I just help to coach them through Um, what they need to achieve whatever it is that they're pursuing.
1: That's really good, Coach. It reminds me of some marketing techniques I teach. I don't um, think we had met yet when I first taught it, but it's the idea that the person that you're helping uh, make the decision to purchase your product or service is the hero. Like you're not supposed Mm -hmm. to be the hero, you're the guide. And so that's when I tell people you need to be Yoda to that person And they're Luke Skywalker, right? And so it's like you're coaching them into a place of um, aspiration on what they can be if they purchase your product or service. Well, it's the same thing. Like you just said, you know, it's like that person's the expert. We're just Yoda, Gandalf, whatever it is, to help them get to that place on their own. I think one of the worst things people can do in mentoring, and maybe you agree as a clinical uh, professional, is give people all the answers. It's not, that's not the role. And if someone's doing that, that actually to me is dangerous.
0: Yeah, well, I think for one, you're overstepping a boundary when you do that. And you are interfering with a person's growth process, Mm. right? Because uh, there is an unraveling that happens with the individual when when they're growing. They have, there's certain things that they have to, um move on from or shed from their lives. And and sometimes uh you have to let them be able to figure that out instead of just telling them what you think that is.
1: That's good, know. coach. Yeah. And speaking of unraveling, you know, last week we talked about um I thought I was ready, I think is what I na- I named that episode. Because it's like you get to the place where you're realizing your your dream, you know, whatever it is you've had. And for some people That dream may have been put off for decades. You know what I mean? Like with your pursuit of your uh, doctorate, um, that's something you probably did put off for a a long time. And so you get to that place where you're stepping into the reality of what you either put on a shelf for a time or that you've been working so hard toward. And then all of a sudden, (laughs) you're like growing, being stretched, like you said in pre-show combo, stretched like putty. And people get surprised by the level of challenge. And we made it very plain that the challenge that you're undergoing can, of course, include externals like you need an environment to, you know, do your studies, but also time management, et cetera. But the other aspect is dominantly the internal growth and the internal challenge that you experience. And we touched a little bit on faith and what that is. And I wanted to continue that conversation today.
0: Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely.
1: So as you can tell I'm a little excited. You know about this yeah, topic? Yeah. yeah. So coach has had his head in books and learning and stuff and I've been, you know, not doing that. So I'm high high energy today. So I just want to apologize in advance. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so faith and hope are to me crucial to whatever it is you're facing in life whether it is an unexpected challenge and change that you did not ask for, or whether it is a realization of a dream. You have to have the two things, and neither one of them are passive. So like we've talked about, faith is demonstrated by speech and action, and it's a very real tangible attribute to guard, to cultivate, and, uh, and to use in your life. Hope, unfortunately, has lost its um, original intent or original definition in our society, at least, where now hope is almost like a passive wish. Like you wish upon a star. You wish that you could have ice cream tonight. You wish that you could go here or go there. That is not hope. And so hope is an anchor. Um, It's like a a feeding source, uh, for your faith in a way. And so here's, um, a definition. Now I'm going to pull this from a guy that I love. Who's a teacher, um, and it's in the context of, uh, prayer, but it can be applied outside of that for anybody, regardless of faith. So this is what he said. And I think this is a perfect definition. Hope gives you the permission to enjoy the emotional benefits of an answered prayer before it ever happens. So you could also say hope gives you the permission to enjoy the emotional benefits of a dream realized before it ever happens. So hope, its most basic definition is the expectation of good. And so to me, it's something that has to be guarded and cultivated just like faith
0: yes absolutely because what because so when you go back to the idea of expectation uh so we're going to use this we call it desire prayer right when you go into that space you go into that space with the expectation that your prayer is answered providing that your mind space your mindset is where it needs to be so that you can expect such goodness blessings to come to you yeah right when you are doing that, then you are also making sure that the thing you are calling hope is a very active process that continues to refuel that desire that 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 faith process as it would so let's say I jump over here now i'm gonna I'm gonna jump to something uh, on a physical level okay. like health and exercise. Right. So the person starts off with the great determination to succeed at improving their health at whatever level that is. Yeah. Um, And they're motivated. Right. They believe they can make this happen. They have faith in themselves that they can make it happen. But the next part of that becomes a very active process. Right. Now you're having to put things in place. You're constantly working through whatever you need to do to solidify what that original intent is, what you have faith in for that outcome. Because in truth, they both end up at the same place. You can never say you have faith and expectation in something. And then you walk away from the work that's required of you to be able to achieve that or recognize it when it's in front of you. Yes. And I think many times people forget that, you know, getting on your knees, getting up and walking away from that prayer or uh, signing up for that gym or getting into that new program or whatever that is. That is, an, a, that's like the inception, right? Yeah. That's the starting point. The rest of that journey becomes your testimony to what we are now talking about, right? Yeah. Because because one of the things about, I would say, about faith and hope, they are not always required to be positive feelings, if you will. Yeah. They become processes and work that you put in place, right? Because you get challenged, you know, and this is one of the things that, you know, we were saying in the last podcast, right, that you thought you were there. You got right up to the precipice of whatever it is you thought you were expecting to achieve and then something happens. Well, the thing that happens is we have these things in our lives. I'm going to call them artifacts, right? They are thoughts, behaviors. Um habits that a person has not addressed. And they show up in their lives at a time and they need to be dealt with, Yeah, right? And, and even though things can be going smooth, it never precluded you from having to address those issues that you never addressed. And I would say 100% of the time when that occurs and it hits the person, After they finish yelling and screaming and shouting and crying or doing whatever that is, and they sit quietly, it'll come to their mind that it's like, you know what? I didn't do this. Yeah. I I needed to do that. There was something that was undone. And this is actually what I'm facing. And until I clean that out, um, I'm going to keep meeting this same sort of situation, if you will.
1: I love that, Coach. I, um, I have several thoughts I was writing down as you were talking that I'm not saying that I don't agree that faith and hope might be minus uh, the emotions that you feel, because too many people go by what they feel, actually. However, I would say that for me personally, I differentiate faith and hope just a little bit as far as emotional state, because faith to me is a decision. And so, you know what I mean? It's like, this is what I'm doing, and I don't care how I feel, what happens, I'm going to do this. What Mm -hmm. I find in my life is that once I have that decision based on what I desire, right? So I don't want to stray away. We have said this over and over. This is uh, episode 67. And we have said for almost every episode, uh, desire is the source of all achievement. What do you want? It's not motivation and it's not discipline. It's that desire On a scale of 1 to 10, you're at 8 to 10. If you can get to 10, that's the best thing. That is what will then propel you and help you through those challenges. Well, if you don't have a clear and concise picture, a vision of what you want, you have no idea where to go. And this is why I always tell people when they're like, I just don't have the discipline. No, you don't have the desire. Let's cut the BS, right? You actually don't want what you're telling me you want. Because if you wanted it, you would get it
0: exactly so faith
1: is source from desire and then hope for me personally is the emotional expectation of good it's that ability to enjoy what that feels like on a degree before i actually have attained it and so i would say for me personally hope is a little bit more uh, tied to emotion versus faith and uh and it's kind of like you know when Young men were on the battlefield like in World War II, Vietnam War, what did they have in their their wallet or their pocket, a picture of their girlfriend back home? And so whenever they needed encouragement, you know, an expectation of a future, they would pull out that picture and look at it. So I think that hope may have an emotional component that I don't want people to dismiss because it can actually feed you, you know, it's like our aspiration journal. When you mm-hmm. work on those things, you actually feel good. Does that make sense, yeah. Coach?
0: Yeah, it does. And, and I think one of the things is we deal with a lot. There's so many words, right? We have so many words to try to describe the source of what is actually going on within us. and Sometimes it can get a little bit confusing, but emotion has a role. It does. Yeah. But that emotion has to be connected to a process that works with disciplined action. Yes. Right. And so when I talk about, you know, like a person, like having a certain type of feeling, right, it's like you have to watch the feeling because the feeling is really information. Yeah. And one of the things that can happen with the person when they with that feeling, they they get it confused. So their feeling, instead of being information for them, it becomes a source of identity. Yes. Once it becomes a source of identity, it sets in play habit patterns that generally lead to quitting, disappointment, or other disruptive behavior that can. Prevent a person from achieving the goals that they say that they want in life, right?
1: So, don't let emotion be um, the deciding factor because faith will often be apart from any emotion you feel. But it's also almost like the bulwark that can protect you from negative emotions. But also, you can get an infusion of hope by focusing on your dream, writing it out, um, describing what life looks like once it's fulfilled but what I hear you saying is you cannot use your emotions as an indicator of success or that you're going towards your goal because they will lie to you if you're not careful.
0: Yes. Because you know, what I mentioned earlier on about those artifacts, right? Those, there's things that have to be done. So if I put this again in the context of the person that walks into a studio and they want to improve their health. So as soon as they walk through the door, you already see some of the artifacts that they have when you see what they look like. Yes. You know, uh, they walk in and, you know, the person says, well, I need to lose some weight, whatever that is. Well, I'll tell the person that losing the weight is not the issue that they're dealing with. A hundred percent. What they're dealing with are those thoughts, behaviors, those feelings that have become a source of identity for them that is further anchoring them in a cycle of un- unsuccess they have to address that yeah. right and until they're willing to address that what's going on in their thinking process then they're going to be stuck and doomed to repeat it again yeah so coming into the studio getting a great training experience breaking a sweat and feeling good, that's one thing. But as soon as you step out of that environment, you're going to have to recognize that this is where your work begins, right? Yeah. So that person meets with you and they're asking you to help them to do something with their business. Um, Well, you're, you're helping them. Yeah, here's a great plan, but let's see how you're thinking about things, right? Because whatever's happening with you, your employees, how you run your business, Um, places where you're routinely getting stuck. These are inner dynamics that are happening for you that you need to address. And frustration in all of those examples will bring a certain feeling to that person's mind. Yeah. And when they attach to that feeling and they make it an identity, then you start to hear it in language that says, you know, I'm always doing this. Every time I turn around, this is always happening. That happens. I, I choose the wrong person or I do this. That's that's an indication that they have become overly identified with feelings that, that have come up from situations in their life, but they haven't addressed the source that is producing all of those experiences. Right? I love
1: that coach. I had a, a meeting last week with the lady I'm mentoring and um, she's had, you know, diagnoses attached to her mental health diagnoses. And one of the things, you know, like as we started going through her story, I mean, speaking of artifacts, I, I was like, you know, quite frankly, your brain is trying to protect you. Like, I mean, the stuff you've gone through, there's a reason why you're feeling the way you're feeling. However, they've become emotional habits. So grief. Um, loss, all of those things have now become the way you think. And that's like what you're grieving and feeling the emotions for no longer exists. You know, right. and, and when you were talking about, you know, the the challenge that comes up and the, the work is after you're out of the environment of the studio, you know, one of the things is uh, the subconscious is one of the biggest um, and most effective BS monitors there are because it'll be like that's what you're talking about it's like the Hello. the subconscious is like oh you oh you really think you can do that well if you've not given it different data it will actually work against you it's going to challenge you on whether you really want what you say you want wouldn't you say that's correct coach
0: absolutely i'm thinking right now <laughs> Oh my goodness. It's like you get baptized, you repent for your sins, and then you get up and you walk out of the building and your subconscious is like, what the hell do you think you're doing? Yep. Yep. Right. You go ahead. i give you a couple of weeks to stay in that euphoria. And then I'm going to come back with a treble hook. And before you know it, um, you are worse than you were before you walked into that building. Coach,
1: I literally see this is why we have synergy. Cause I literally wrote down before you even said that this is a pet peeve I have. Cause you know, I am a, I'm a Christian, I'm a preacher, I'm a teacher and I hear this all the time and it just crawls all over me. It's higher level, higher devil. Okay. I hear that all the time. So for my friends that share my Christian faith, that is a BS statement. Let me tell you what's happening. It ain't no higher level, higher devil. It's higher level, and your subconscious comes knocking, and it says you really don't believe that.
0: Exactly.
1: That's that's the majority of what you're dealing with, because Christians, they always assign everything to devils and demons, and I don't have yeah. any problem believing in that reality. What I have a problem with is when you use that as an excuse to maintain your baggage, to keep everything packed, and everything you know going with you wherever you go, and the chip on your shoulder, like... To me, people should be the most joyful because of the hope that is imparted. And instead, they find themselves in the same cycles, which leads me to the second pet peeve. A lot of people in my circle believe that, you know, like you said, once you had that born again experience, you got the euphoria for two weeks or so. And then all of a sudden life comes knocking and says, hello, real life is here. Well, what it is is. Just because you have an experience doesn't mean there's still not work. The experience is meant to fuel the process. Yes. It's the first step. And so as you go through life, you're not just instantly perfect in your thinking and your habits. There's work to do. And so for those that are uh, kinsmen in the faith, stop that stuff. It is ridiculous. And just do the work.
0: So, I'm going to throw a brick. (laughs) a brick. For the listener that calls themselves a Christian, Mm -hmm. you better stop using devil's temptation or whatever that bullshit language is as an excuse. Excuse me. And the reason why I'm throwing a brick is because what you're saying when you attach yourself to that excuse is that the power that brought you to the faith does not have the power to the help you move through those challenges that you have Coach. right so if you're going to you're going to call yourself a Christian one of the first things you have to do is stop using certain languages because you set yourself up to continue to stay in that same place in your life, which is far worse than you were before you even opened your mouth and told someone that you were a Christian.
1: A hundred percent, and I wish I had clapping sounds, coach.
0: I'll clap. Now, having thrown that brick, let me offer you an olive branch. I'm at least going to do that because that's my nature. If you have a problem with the stories that you tell yourself, this is what I want you to do. That story that you tell, that you seem to tell everybody about why you fail or disappointment or tempted, picking the wrong person or whatever that is, I want you to write that story five times different ways oh now this is and interesting helen and tell that story from a different perspective instead of being the victim tell the story from the perspective of being a hero mm. right tell the story from the perspective of your chair witnessing you having a positive conversation you know tell that story where you you became an assistant to somebody else that was struggling and you were able to see what they were doing and you helped them. The point is, you have to change your mind space. And the only way you can do that is to develop a process of talking to yourself differently. Because whether you know it or not, it doesn't matter what you read. It doesn't matter what you do when you get on your knees in that quiet space your belief is something that you have practiced over time through the habits that you tell yourself. Yeah. And one of the things that I believe people misunderstand when they're thinking about God is that somehow or another that the thoughts that they think are gonna be removed from them, Right. right? There is an active process that they go through. This is why when you look at all of the stories, again, We're talking about in the biblical framework. When you look at stories of faith, there are always actions, repeated actions that are done over and over and over again, and they last a lifetime. They are not a TV series. You don't get to do it for six weeks and then jump up and do something else any more than the person who is in another life okay we're not talking about christianity but you're the business person or anyone that's trying to pursue a life that you desire yeah that life does not come to you without active practice and the same thing that i just said about telling a story five different ways applies you have to find a way to develop a mindset that ensures your success. And until you're willing to do that, there is no excuse. You have only the mirror that you can look at and say, hey, look, can let me confess to myself that I don't have what I I want out of life for no other reason because I did not want it enough to cultivate the behaviors that would require of me to bring that about. Coach, that is
1: so powerful. Um, I've never heard you uh, talk about that process. Um, That's a valuable process. And I I know, um, I don't remember what book, it might've been The Anatomy of the Soul, uh, I think. I don't remember the author's name, but one of the things that the author talked about was how our memories are actually fluid. And so what that means is you can change the narrative meaning the story and the events, they occurred. Mm-hmm. But the story from the story can change. Meaning as you like share your story with someone that you know is understanding what you're saying and you you feel that sense of being understood, it literally rewires the brain to now couch that story within the context of a good positive conversation and feeling. So a lot of the sting from the story is now lessened or eliminated by sharing it in a different context. And so what you were saying will literally rewire rewire your brain and it needs to, I mean, I don't know if you would agree, but writing connects that process to the brain in a more tangible way than typing it out. Would you agree with that coach?
0: Absolutely. And if you remember one of the the very first time that I met in the chamber with you, um, I talked about the journal. Yeah. And writing in that journal. And I'm saying that you want to change your thinking. This is what you have to do. Because if you do not sit down and develop that habit of writing and connecting yourself to it, it is very difficult for you, nearly impossible for you to change the way you think about things because your dominant way of getting information is still coming into you, yeah, right? And and it is still impacting you the same way that it always have done. So when you sit down and write, you get to break that connection, you get to you get to tangibly connect yourself to whatever it is that you want. And there's something that's really interesting, powerful about the writing process. There is difficulty writing things down that you don't believe. Yes. You will not be able to fill up a journal of things that you want that you don't believe you can achieve you're just not going to do it you know i'm not a betting man in that sense but i'd put money on that bet any day it's like okay let me see if you can write that down for one year fill up a whole page you're not going to do it right Right. it's like so give me the money right now
1: (laughs) that's why we always collect at the beginning coach
0: (laughs) because we know what we're bringing to you is real, yeah. Um, but your commitment is yet to be determined. Yes, right. And and the other thing that's really important, um, I'd like to say. Here goes the other olive branch. So you see, I threw a brick. Yes, and then here's two olive branches. Um, when you and I get on this podcast, when we meet in groups or whatever that is, when we tell people. Our life is in this, that we're not just doing this because we're just looking forward to collecting um, cash from you. One of the things that we're asking the client to do or the listener, one of those artifacts from their past thinking is stop the cynicism with us. Mm, that's good. Right? Because we don't have to make 67 podcasts. Nope. Right. We can just go on about our business. I mean, it's like, hey, look, I'm in a program doing whatever I want to do. I'm actually living my dream right now. I'm walking through it every day. I have no reason to set aside any additional time to do anything else other than what I want to do. So when we sit down and do this and we put our minds together, what we're saying is it's like, you know what? We live the life that we share with you. Yeah. Right. Um. You're not looking at a made person. You're looking at a person that walked this life. And we share with you the things that are required of you so you can stand in the space that brings you joy. Right? Yes. And so, you know, it is just really important for you to know that as a listener, it's like, look, um, this is not just some podcast you want to get on. And then you get in the habit of collecting podcasts, but your life doesn't change and you don't know why. You know why your life hasn't changed, yeah? right? You know why your life is experiencing a, a great unraveling, if you will, right? Yeah. Because business as usual will not only stop you from going forward, but it will bring about a deterioration in your life, in your business, in your relationships, if you don't recognize that what you seek is a very active process and practice that you have to put in place.
1: Coach, that is a where truth confronts BS moment. And I want to, I don't want to add anything to that. I want to end on that note because it's very, very powerful. And uh, I want to encourage people to um, go to, uh, iTunes or podcast, Apple Podcasts actually leave us a review. But also, I have information in the show notes where you can contact us if there are things you want us to discuss, questions you have, topics, things like that. But speaking of that, the the work that we do uh, together in our intensives um, it is sub work. You know, like what, what a lot of what we talk about on the podcast. And I mean, when you said that, like we don't have to do this podcast. I was like, man, that is 100% correct. Both of us, I think part of what is the synergy that people feel with us is our intense desire to help other people live the authentic life that they were born to live. And it's a passion that if it wasn't a passion, if it wasn't a 10 for us, there would be no podcast. I mean, it's an absolute, here's some of our best stuff. Now, what we do keep the majority under wraps is the tools, and that's where those come out in the intensive, and so we've already got several students signed up for our February intensive, but there is room. I'll be getting information on that uh, out later, but Coach, you have a book you're reading that you thought you could maybe recommend.
0: Yes, this book is called uh, Active Home, right, and um, the book is by uh, Joanna Macy and Chris Johnston, Um, Joanna Macy, um, I think, I think she's still alive or she might have just passed. I mean, she was writing books right up until like 96, 97 years of age. Mm -hmm. Um, um, an ecologist, um, you know, a great public servant. And uh, and Chris Johnston is a uh, is a position from Great Britain. Okay, but it's called Active Hope, right? Joanna Macy. If you just type in Active Hope, Joanna Macy pops up. You can read all about her. It's a great book. I highly recommend it. But it's going to basically bring you back to what we've been saying, and this is something that's really important with the reader, uh, with for the listener, is that when you start to pursue certain things in your life, you'll begin to realize that the information that you come across has relationship. Yeah. Right. We are in relationship to the information that we discuss with you, because this is how we grow it. This is how we build the energy, the power for all of us to continue to grow. You know, success is not just one thing. It's yeah. a multitude of things. Yeah. And it and it and it involves a multitude of sources.
1: It does. Well, that's good, coach. So I'm gonna let you get back into all of your books and words and letters and computer screens and all that. And uh, I'm gonna go have a snack and another cup of
0: coffee. Yeah, and I'm gonna have breakfast right <laughs> because my brain is gonna need some food before I sit down and start doing this. So uh have a wonderful rest of your weekend and to the listeners you know enjoy yourselves and uh, come back and hang out with us and have some laughs right?
1: ditto ditto we're really funny people <laughs> <laughs>
0: that's exactly right.